Hey there, welcome back. You're on the roadmap to 50K. I'm building a brand new e-commerce store. We're doing it on Shopify, and this is episode three. Welcome to the roadmap to 50K on Shopify. Each week, we'll take you behind the scenes of real stores, where you're going to learn actionable strategies and tips that will fast track the growth and profitability of your e-commerce business. So buckle up. Welcome your host and Shopify expert, Susan Bradley. Well, hello there again. Welcome back. I hope you are having a lovely week. On this episode, I it's kind of interesting. I'm, I want to talk about one thing that I got really wrong with Sockdoggo. Now, as you know, I'm building a brand new e-commerce store from scratch. I'm doing it very slowly because I'm doing it on a very, very part-time basis. And it's been my mission to, you know, not spend a fortune while I'm doing it. I wanted to do it in a way that uh, was authentic and that many people could repeat, you know, just take the formula and run with it. But here's the honest truth is that even though I am very experienced, a very experienced merchant, e-commerce merchant, and I've had lots and lots of success, there is one thing wrong. There's one thing I got wrong with this new business, and I want to share that with you because uh, you might be doing it too. And if I can help you correct it, it's totally fixable. So there's the good news. But if I can help you correct that sooner rather than later, you will uh, get to a place where you are profitable faster. And of course, that's what we all want. You know, I certainly have to fix my issue, and, uh, and I hope that I can do that in time to turn a profit this year. That's my hope. But let's just talk about what it is. But before we do that, actually, I just want to share with you that we did get some things right. So there's that. (laughs) And one of the things I feel like uh, we got really right is that when we started off, when I started this business, we actually just kind of made it a one product business. And so I have uh, socks. I sell socks at sockdoggo.com. And I have a box of socks, box of three socks, and I have a single sock and they have, they're for Dachshund donors. So they're really only wiener dog socks. And I feel like it's a one product business. Typically we call those businesses one and done. And so here's why I did this. I really just wanted to get proof of concept before I went and spent all the money I had set aside for Sock Doggo on product. If I didn't know, I could build an audience for it and sell the product. And so the good news is we took the time to get proof of concept and and right off the bat we did a proof of concept event with a with an influencer in the space. And so when I say an influencer it was a, somebody who has the audience that would absolutely be interested in my product. They it's a dashed audience and they also had an audience of buyers. These just weren't followers. These were people who are used to buying. And so that made all the difference in the world. And so what's happened between the sales that we got with that influencer and the sales that I've had in the business since we opened seven months ago, we've actually sold just over $13,000 worth of this one product. And so for me, that's really solid proof of concept, considering, you know, considering I haven't been working at it full time, it's basically one product. It's actually a product, it's socks, so it's not so um, popular in the summer months. I'm feeling really good about that. That's the one thing we've done right. The second thing we have done right is I've invested heavily and focused hard on generating leads. 
for my business. And when I say leads at this stage of the game, I'm only talking email leads. And so right now our list is slightly higher than 5,000 email leads, which feels good. That feels good because I know that I can nurture those leads and uh, convert a lot more of those people into buyers. And right now, um, when I look at the overall picture of the sales at Sockdoggo from when we opened until uh, seven months today, uh, what I what I see is that overall, 36% of our sales have come from a last click on an email. And so that makes me feel really good. And and actually now, as we get uh, further along in this process, we're actually trending at close to 50% of our sales are coming from a last click on an email. And here's why that's important, if you haven't figured it out already. The reason that's important is that it doesn't cost me nearly as much to convert a lead into a customer as it does just cold traffic. Like, you know, when we run Facebook ads or Google ads and uh, we're hoping that some people will hit our site and buy, those those sales are very expensive. But when we send out an email to our audience and we get a conversion, really the only cost to us is the cost of our email service provider and a little bit of labor to put the email together. And so that's why I'm feeling really good that I have a pool of uh, 5,000 people. I know that email converts at like three, more than three times what cold traffic does. And so I have a, a solid audience of people that I can uh, go back to, to, to sell my product and to sell more product. So I love that I have invested in doing that. And really, when I think about my overall strategy in my perfect world, and, and think about this for you. So in my perfect world, I would pay once to get someone to my site. Okay, I would use paid traffic, whether it's a Facebook ad or a Google ad. Uh, and pay once to get them back. But really, my number one goal, or to get them there, sorry, um, really, my number one goal is that uh, I want to I want them to get on my email list. I want to capture that contact. So that when I do uh, work on getting them back to my site, it actually doesn't cost me anything. And so that's always been my overarching strategy. And, and it's worked quite well for me. So that's what we've got right. And I'm I'm happy. I feel really confident about that. I feel confident that we can grow that list. I feel confident that we can uh, build on that success. So let's talk about what I got wrong. And what I got wrong is uh, newness. And so even though it's great that we've actually sold $13,000 worth of socks with wiener dogs on them, that's great. All in all, between uh, the influencer sales and my sales, that's really good. But what we didn't do, what I did not put in place quickly enough was a second item to sell those people. We sold them once and I don't have anything else to sell them. And so I've had seven months of that with nothing else to sell them. And in hindsight, if I were to start over again, I would have put that in place right from the beginning because I think the longer uh, time that's elapsed between when people buy from us the first time and they buy the second time, the longer that time frame gets, I think the, the chance of selling them again shrinks. And so I feel like I've missed an opportunity there. And because it's taken this long, 
like frankly, I still don't have a second item, but I'm working on it because it's taken this long to get that second item in place. I haven't been able to reduce um, my cost of getting a sale in any significant way because right now, pretty much every single person who buys from us is a brand new customer. And those are your most expensive customers. Got it? I'm sure I'm sure you're following that, that, that the first time somebody buys from you is the most expensive time. And you can actually see this. If you, if you have Shopify and you go on to your analytics dashboard, up in the top right, it'll tell you the percentage of returning customers you have. And that's, those are buyers, people who've uh, purchased more than once. <laughs> My percentage is three. So there you go. I have four people who have purchased more than once. So now that I'm at the seven month stage, I thought it, you know, I have, I have avoided looking at it, but I thought it's time for me to look at what it's actually cost me to get a customer. And it's interesting because I tracked this on a regular basis at my last business so at WeSqueak, the company I sold last year. So I thought, okay, I have to look at this, like face the music, friend, go, go look. And so what I've done is I've just added up what I've spent on marketing the business, what I've spent on marketing, which is really attracting customers. And I've just divided it by the number of orders I've got. And so what I know is that overall time, it's, it's cost me $35 to get a customer. And that's pretty much when you, if you've been following the podcast, you know, my average sale is $40. And so really, I am just upside down. I'm trading dollars without the cost of um, of getting the order out the door or the product. And so at this stage of the game, I'm upside down. Now, I think that's super common. But this is this really demonstrates why you have to have something else to sell people, particularly when, when you're in this uh, first stage, it will really help you become profitable faster. Because it's really that lifetime value. It's so important. So if we think about this, the cost for me right now uh, to get a customer is $35. Yikes. But if I could get two orders from that same customer, that number is is way more palatable, right? It kind of goes into half because now each order has cost me $17 to get. And if I could uh, get three or four or five orders from that customer, then, you know, the cost is completely manageable. Now, the good news is when I look at my more recent months, that cost is trending down. It's trending down, but it's still over $30. And so it's imperative that I focus on finding and selling the next thing. You know, at my last company at WeSqueak, all my marketing expense, uh, my cost of customer acquisition was $6. And really, that's my goal for Sockdoggo. I've got to get that cost of getting a customer down to $6. And so that's my goal. And here's the good news. The good news is that when I started, and this is super common for those of you that are are facing this, when I started, uh, when I was running some Facebook ads to my product, and my cost to do that, my unique link cost, link click cost, so the cost of getting someone to click that ad and go through to my website was actually 85 cents, which is um, not sustainable. It's not something that you can 
continue to pay because it's just it's just too darn expensive. And so the good news is we have a program in the inner circle. It's called Traffic Bootcamp. It is really, really good at uh, showing you how to test and get uh, find your perfect audience, the people who really want to see what you have and and get them to go and click through to your site. And so what I see I have been working at Traffic Bootcamp and what I know is my cost now in month six is down to 35 cents to get people to my site. And what that means to me really is that I can get two and a half times more people (laughs) to my site. And so I give myself, of course, two and a half times more chances to get an email address or get a sale. And so that's real progress that I've been able to get that cost down. And I expect that I'll be able to do it even more in the future, we'll be able to get an even lower cost of getting people to our website. And as we get better at converting, and as we get better at selling the more items, that benefit will just compound. So I think that's great. But really, the result of all of this, everything that I've told you now is that right now, I'm at 16% of my $50,000 goal. And so what is it going to take to get my a cost of acquiring a customer down? What is it going to take? And so I think that the very first thing I have to do is, is get that second item, that second item that is easy to sell the customer. I need to get that second item. The other thing I think about is i believe our products are very giftable. And so I would like to uh, incorporate a gift strategy, a gifting strategy, and uh, find a way to uh, demonstrate that well on our website. And so that's kind of in my uh, thought process. I don't have it mapped out. But I think if I can find a way to make it easy for people to uh, gift our items and seed that idea, I think that that will be um, that will be beneficial to us. And so even though they may not buy it for themselves a second time, if I could get them to buy for someone else, that's a win. So here's what I'm doing right now, where I am today with product. And so I've got this one product, we're still selling it. We get about one order a day. Yesterday, we got two big day (laughs) and sock doggo. But here's what here's what we're doing to move forward. So the first thing I have done is we have uh, socks for five new breeds on the way. And what I've chosen to do is actually just send uh, order and send myself the single socks for now. And I want to do that because right now, as I record this, we are heading into the summer months, which are not great months for sock sales. And I want to take those five new breeds of, of dog socks, and I want to build an audience for them. And so it's a low cost way for me to get a lot of product and start building those five separate audiences. And the way I'm going to do this is I'm actually going to use an influencer strategy. And number one, I'm going to use my influencer strategy for content. And what that means to me is I'm going to get some great images that I can, first of all, use on my website to build out my pages and put more content on my pages. So it's better for SEO, but it's also better for keeping people on my website longer. So I'm going to do that. I'm also going to use it for social media. Of course, the content I get from the influencers will use it for our email program. And lastly, we'll use it to start uh, getting some reviews for these new products on our site. So we're going to do that. We're 
work hard, we'll focus hard on creating awareness. And then we're also going to uh, continue with the plan, which is uh, use this for lead generation. And the way I'm going to do this is we've actually set up a program. We will launch it in the next few weeks. It's called Celebrity Doggo. And it's very similar to a brand rep program that I have run in the past. It was really successful. And so we will set that up in the next month and uh, we will start building audiences for these new socks that we're getting, these five new breeds of socks. But the real hard truth is that doing that, building a product for a completely different customer is not going to solve my second order problem. And so when you're thinking about this for your business, keep that in mind is that what you really, really want is something that is a natural fit for the same customer that just bought the first order, something that's almost a no-brainer. And so what I have come up with, and I do not know whether it's going to be successful or not, but I have a little story to tell about a client of mine who, um, she, she lives in Turkey. She's a French expat and she lives in Turkey. Her name is Isabella Urshin. And she has built a business around uh, giving women who are basically not employable work. And a lot of these women are uh, refugees from Syria. And, you know, they have needs. They have families. They, you know, the social safety net isn't what it might be in North America. And, you know, there's a lot of trauma. And, and basically, they don't have a way to provide for their families. And so I love her mission. And I have worked with Isabella to have some t-shirts made for our business. And these are t-shirts that are for all dog owners. And so my hope is that uh, this can be my second order product for not only the pro- one product I have now, but the, all the products that I have uh, coming, that it is a no-brainer. This is a t-shirt with a story. It's got a mission. It's kind of fun, cute. It's going to be easy to fit. And my plan is to have that as the second uh, order product. And so wish me luck on that. That's my plan. But I think the important part here is the strategy, right? That number one, even if you have products that are for different people, what you really want is to control your costs and control all the things that you have going on. You don't need to start new pillars of everything. And so you want to think of a second order product that will satisfy all those customers. So if you can do that, that puts you way ahead of the game. And so that's what I'm going to do. The other thing I'm doing is I have a fun little upsell that I can package as a second order gift. It doesn't have to fit anyone. It's it's a surprise. So I will share it with you later. But it's just a fun little little gifty item that is not expensive and uh, that uh, you could share with others. And it also has a little bit of a story behind it. And that makes me feel good. So those are the two things. One, one, the t-shirt, I'm hoping will get me a second order. The fun little extra product I'm hoping will be a great in-cart upsell, something that I can sell and get my average order value um, to keep it at $40 or raise it. So that's what I'm hoping because these single socks that I'm bringing in, of course, are less expensive. And so I already know that I'm going to struggle to keep my average order value up. So that's what I'm doing. So now let's, uh, let's turn our attention to what you can do, because really, if you can do this, you're going to be so much closer to a good profit in your business. 
And so I want to show you, share some examples of, of businesses that have done this successfully. And of course, I'm going to start with um, the business that I sold last year with WeSqueak. And it was so dead simple. It was completely automated. And what I found over the years is that the the time that people are really most likely to, to place a second order, and this might be shocking to you, but the time period where people are most likely to place a second order is immediately after they place their first order. Shocking. It's almost like they are uh, in a honeymoon phase. You know, that they are just so happy with their decision to, to buy the product that they buy another one. And if you remember at We Squeak, I, I actually sold noisy shoes, shoes for toddlers that squeaked. But my, my best time to get a second purchase was right after the first purchase. So at We Squeak, what we did is we just set up a simple email funnel that was designed to uh, keep people close to us after they purchased. And so the first email said, uh, you know, just kind of reinforced the good purchase, the good decision, talked about uh, how we can help them if there's a problem with their order, if the sizing is wrong. And of course, gave them a link back to the site. And as these emails went on, I think the, the funnel lasted uh, several months, but as they went on, it was really just putting more product in front of them, reviews, uh, new products, uh, opportunities to be in our brand rep program, just a, a number of emails that would keep people close to us. And then at the very end, if they hadn't purchased, we actually offered them $10 to spend. And if they hadn't purchased all the way through that funnel, uh, they got the email with the, the $10 and that was a good uh, place to get a conversion. But I have to say that the very first email in that funnel was always the highest converting email. And so what I love about this strategy is it's just something that you can um, set up and, and let it run. You know, what you're doing really is selling them more of what they already bought. And so it's the easiest conversion you can ever get. But you might not be in a situation where you can do that. And I love to think about how well Camila Prada has done that. She's one of our inner circle members who's done really, really well. And she's recently made a pivot in her business. I'd love to get her on the podcast to share with you. But really what Camila is, is a ceramics artist. So she makes beautiful ceramic shapes, which she decorates with her art. And she has, over time, uh, really grown an audience of people who like to collect her products. And so while she doesn't have that immediate second product, she's always created the products, launched the products, sold out, created the next round of shapes, launched it and sold out. So she didn't have that second order that opportunity to get a second order through automation. But here's what she did do very well, is that she really cultivated uh, these people that were buyers on an email list and spoke to them like they were insiders and, and her friends and would give them lots of teasers every time she was launching a product. And and actually, she really encouraged collecting. You know, there was she uses the hashtag shelfie and these people are rabid, really loyal fans. And what's so great about this is that Camila set herself up so that every time she launched a collection, she could actually sell out and not need to worry about it. Her 
it's really interesting. You know, usually uh, our clients are wondering how they can sell more products. And Camila was, how can I make more products? I cannot keep products in. in. And so her returning customer rate was massive. Like I think at WeSqueak, mine was 34%, but her returning customer rate is well and above that. And the lifetime value of a customer for, for Camila was massive. And so if you don't have that second product right away, work on developing this really hyper-engaged group of fans. Think about collectibles and how you can encourage them to think of your product as uh, something that they have to have rather than nice to have. So the other person I think about when I, I think about this is our our member, our Inner Circle member, Edith Min. And Edith has a business called Renaissance Ribbons. And she has done an amazing job of increasing her lifetime value. Now she sells to people who like to make things, obviously. And uh, of course, she, you know, she does very well at attracting her right customer. They are also, um, I'd say they're predisposed to buy often people who like to make things are always on the lookout for raw materials. But here's what they're not. They're not necessarily loyal. They like to look at all the places. So for Edith, they might look at Joanne's, they might look at Michael's, they might look at Hobby Lobby. But Edith created a way to get them to come back to her store over and over again. And she did this by building a VIP membership. And so for Edith, she actually has a different level of customer. They're a VIP, they pay an annual fee, but they come back and shop her store first because they know they're getting a slight discount, but they're also getting early access to brand new things, collaborations with designers, like all sorts of reasons for those people to come back and shop at Edith's store. And so again, she's managed to take a customer who could be inclined to shop around. Uh, She's managed to bring them closer to her and have them order second time, a third time, a fourth time. In fact, she really kind of locks them down for a year, which is super smart and ends up creating a lot more profit in your business. So if you have products already set up to go, think about the strategy you can use to maximize your lifetime value and get that second and third and fourth order. But if you're like me, and I've told you what I'm going to do, where you feel like you have a a kind of a one and done product, I want you to think about as somebody who's a really smart, who's a client of mine, her name is Julie Berg. She makes uh, delivery gowns at Dress to Deliver. And so her gowns are for people who want a better experience uh, when they're delivering their babies. And so her gowns are, of course, more expensive. They're prettier. Uh, They also cover more. (laughs) They're better for the picture (laughs) when you've had the baby. And so she does very well with that. But that's typically a one and done kind of business. You can, if you have a second baby, you can reuse it. People might even pass them around. And, and so Julie would be faced with the situation I had, which is you pay to acquire that customer and then you sell them once and you struggle to sell them again. But what Julie did, I think was really, really smart. And and what she did was she managed to find a nursing bra that she had used herself It was very forgiving size-wise and super comfortable. She just loved it. And so that was the first product that she added on to get a second order. What she found was lots of people 
were happy to order the gown, but they maybe weren't in the place where they ordered the bra. And so that was a really good second order. And when that was successful, she came up with more products. She came up with a robe that matched the gown. And then she came up with a swaddle set that matched the robe and the gown so that you could really, you know, get the whole Instagrammable picture if you wanted to at the hospital. And so what that's done for Julie's business is it's really increased uh, the orders she gets from the same people. She's getting far more money from the same pool of people. So her cost, again, of acquiring a customer goes down, like she gets more bang for her buck. And so if you're like me, and you have a one and done, or you're like Julie, think about how you can add one item and then keep going, get a couple more items in your bag of tricks, so that you have people have choice or so that you can sell them all. So I want you to think about that. I want you to ask yourself, what else could I sell this very same person? What else could I sell them? And once you figure out what that item is, the first thing I want you to do is create a very short uh, little three-part email funnel, because that's the easiest way to convert those people. Even if those products are on your site, even if you think they've seen them before, make sure you offer them in a very short uh, email funnel. You just want to show the product, you might feature a review, add a call to action button and take those people back to that product on your site. And I think that you're going to give yourself the very best chance of getting a sale when that customer is still highly engaged. So I'm going to just say, go do it, give it a try. Okay, let's wrap it up here. So here's what I want you to do. The first thing I want you to do is put on your big girl pants and go figure out what it's costing you to get a customer and keep it super simple. Don't overthink it. Just go look at what you've spent on marketing. So that would be Facebook ads, Google ads, Google shopping. And I just want you to divide that dollar amount by the number of orders you've had. And you can do that for this year. And I want you to not have a fit. Just take a look at it, note it, and think about how uh, how you can get that down over time. And then the second thing I want you to do is if you're on Shopify, or I think you can get this on Woo too, I think you need to go make a note of what your returning customer percentage is. Again, just park it, think about it, and uh, you know have it in your, your mind that that's something that you'd like to work on. And then I want you to clearly identify the products that would really be good for a second order in your store and make sure that you're focusing on them with great recency. So if you if somebody makes a purchase, I want you to make sure that they are getting emails that feature some of those products over the next 10 days from their purchase. And just pay attention, see what works. You can try a few different things. Uh, but just pay attention to that because it's a huge source of profit in your business. And uh, you're going to thank yourself for sure. And I will report back on uh, how I'm doing, what progress I'm making with my Get a Second Order Funnel. So that's it, friends. Thank you so much for listening to me. I love to hear from you. So don't hesitate. If you've got questions, just send us an email. I'm happy to answer you. Hey, listen, if you like what we're working on here at the Roadmap to 50K and it's helping you get clarity on your next steps, I think you really have to check out our inner circle. You know, it is just an amazing place to learn how to build your business the right way. And you get to do it with a wonderful group of store owners that support each other and will cheer you on. 
You know, in the inner circle, our only purpose is to help our members get results. And because of that, we actually have dedicated coaches that are fully trained and available to work one-on-one with you. And we offer that to our members at crazy affordable prices, because I know that sometimes you just need a little extra help to get past a roadblock so that you can move on and make progress again. So if this sounds good to you, I want you to head on over to the socialsalesgirls.com forward slash inner dash circle and get on the wait list. We will send you a lesson so that you can see what's waiting for you on the inside. And we'll also invite you to join us the next time we are open to take new members. So listen, friends, that's all. Thank you so much for spending your time with me and I will see you next week.